0: this is the on blast podcast nfl fix edition my name is sheldon alexander and as always i'm joined by my guy mr matt russell it's a holiday season it's football season things are kicking into high gear they haven't already been i know you got bowl season going for you we're in the thick of the nhl season there's the nba season sports sports and more sports we had like the craziest weekend of sports i feel like we just came off of with the world cup final and then that going right into an insane nfl day (laughs) like how are you oh. just checking in on my dude here how you doing
1: well first and foremost we're playing hurt a little bit today uh mm-hmm. the holiday season uh kind of bucked its head last night a little bit <laughs> with a uh, little festive uh festive jam at a local uh watering hole um mm-hmm. and you know what uh i'm too old for this bleep and uh <laughs> honestly like three pints and a shot and all of a sudden, like the next day and really just sort of the morning type deal, uh, totally rough scene for, for your boy. And honestly, I don't even know if it was necessarily like the alcohol intake because, I mean, again, three points in a shot. Again, the shot was probably where things kind of fell apart um, a little bit. Uh, shouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, mm-hmm. But listen, man, for those of us, uh, you know, of a certain age, like you get it. Like you can't you can't go far off the beaten path when it comes to your um you know, your, your week, your day to day, really. And so we end up, you know, at uh, a restaurant for dinner at 10 PM, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, forget about the alcohol. If I'm having dinner at 10 PM, I'm probably going to be in rough shape the next day. Like that's the situation that we're dealing with here. That and the fact that honestly, this NFL deal that we're all we talk about every single week, if that's not enough to force you to a beverage or two, or to just be (laughs) hung over without the use of a beverage or two, like, yeah. as if this stuff isn't hard enough. We got mm-hmm. guys just hucking laterals around the place. And, you know, I mean, we'll talk about the teams and these games and whatnot. But, oh, man. Like, we, we, you watch a guy on Sunday throw the dumbest lateral in the history of sports. And then another guy goes and throws a lateral on Monday night. You're like, we're not even learning lessons out here as a group. So, I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't want what to make of it. That's probably why that shot. Of uh, of rum happened in the uh, the festification
0: <laughs> last night. Fair enough, my dude. Fair enough. uh For the people who might not be familiar, what we do here on this the on blast podcast, once a week, we bless your timelines and your eardrums and your visuals, your eyes, with some picks for the NFL season and what happens here. I come out try to give out a pick on one side or the other. We call this Sheldon says picks, and Matt will help me with said picks. He comes out with the information and education about where the line was, where it is, and where it could be going, heading into game time. And as mentioned, last week, a crazy, crazy, crazy week in the NFL. I hung on and battled, finished strong <laughs> with some strong showings on from uh, the Sunday night game to the Monday night game and the late game at 4 o'clock or whatever it was. But. Yeah. Just creeping and crawling to a six nine in one week. Overall, though, you know, if you listen to the pod last week, I, I was given a heads up that I wasn't really feeling it heading into next to last week. And hey, these weeks happen. But, but still, honestly,
1: what do you still, supposed to do? Here. Yeah, I'm not, I'm I not mean, mad here. Good God,
0: the total for the season is still at, We talk about against the spread: 122, 92, and 10 against the spread this season. 30 games up, I'll still take that any day of the week. And plus, as you mentioned, there were some games last week that kind of swung one way or the other. (laughs) That, like, I was, in truth, I was out on Sunday. And so my phone was just blowing up with just the randomness that was going on. And when you really take a look at what happened in that Pats game, for example, that's a win that becomes a loss that becomes a loss again. (laughs) And it's just, like... How can you be mad at that? I can't be mad at that. All we can say is it's the NFL, and it's why we love it so much. And it's why we're here to do it all over again. It's like the, the week comes to a close. You feel good about what happened on Monday night. Rested easy on the Packers. Everything was cool, and now we're back at it again, heading into Thursday night football. We got the Jags at the Jets. It's a pick game. I'm yep. going to be on the Jags here. Jags are rolling. And I know this is tough though, because I'm asking the Jags to actually win, which is not necessarily a place I want to be. I like taking the Jags when I can take them with some points.
1: Yeah. And be surprised yeah. when they win, you know?
0: Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Whoa, Good job. Okay. Won like, outright. Neat. Yeah. You won outright against the Cowboys. Good job. I wasn't asking you to do all that. Yeah. I was happy to sit on the points, So cool. <laughs> but do you know the place that I really don't want to be? Right. asking zach wilson yeah. to win a game either yeah. so for that reason and that reason only give me the jags i don't really like it but it's a pick them game it's thursday night we're gonna get spicy early on what say you my friend
1: yeah i you know not loving this game necessarily uh the line is correct with like the tiniest of leans for the jets with zach wilson if it was mike white to be a little bit more for my own ratings i am trying to sort of stay ahead of the jags rating here because mm-hmm. You know, I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Jags, you know, obviously since they came back from London, you know, it seems to, you know, there's all sorts of, you can go see a bunch of stories about how like it's clicked for Trevor Lawrence. And like, maybe that's true, right? Like maybe that is actually the case. And and we judge him or we've judged his career in the NFL by what he did under Urban Meyer. (laughs) And so... And maybe the first like what six games under Doug Peterson. It's like, okay, well, now you're getting a little momentum here. And I can already feel the buzz for the Jags next season. Like <laughs> Calvin Ridley, like assuming he, you know, is able to actually come back in the league, you know, from, from the gambling suspension. Mm. You'll recall they traded for him at the at the trade deadline. So like get fired up for, you know, even more Jags hype. There was some low-level Jags hype this year. Uh going to but it's interesting how, you know, we have these sort of hype situations at the, before the season starts and it takes some games to that for that to kind of come to fruition. And on the on opposite side of things, um, you have these teams that we didn't think that much of, you know, before the season started and they got out to like a seven and two record. And now all of a sudden they're sort of creeping back like that's what sample size is for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so like the Jags, the Jags are now, you're getting into the sample size where now what we were hoping for out of the Jags is kind of coming to fruition now. Jets kind of a little bit the opposite, especially when Zach Wilson is involved. We talked last week about the key element to that game potentially being Quinn and Williams, uh his availability, even more so than Mike White's. Well, the Jets are still pretty good defensively. <laughs> like yeah. right up until a fourth and in inches and kudos to the Lions who do this on fourth and short where they put you in an incredibly difficult position by doing these play action passes that inevitably take some of the starch away from the pass rush they give jared Goff time there's always a guy seemingly running free in this case it was brock Wright. did he need to go take it to the house not in my opinion i would i would have preferred (laughs) that he had not done that um but you know alas like that's the that's the deal i mean other than that it was what two field goals and a punt return touchdown so you know I just look at it and I go, okay, well, now they're getting Quinn and Williams back from the Jets here. They're playing at home, obviously, but, you know, I don't have all that kind of faith in Robert Sala at this point and certainly don't have faith in Zach Wilson. You know, I just think this game's like just a really true toss-up, like that kind of perfect Thursday toss-up that, you know, you probably wouldn't be dying to bet except for the fact that it's on a Thursday night. So just one of these deals where like, I have a small bet, basically like an even money, money line bet on Jacksonville. So I'm not going to talk you out of this. But it's certainly not something like I'm looking to go to war with here. Part of it is I have, you know, a little futures action when it comes to the Jags, which we mm-hmm. might as well talk about too, because I think people are relatively interested in it. But we'll get to the, the you know, there's a lot to talk about when we get to the Philadelphia Cowboys game, for example. But, you know, I wrote this week about all the sort of permutations of that injury to Jalen Hurts. And one such permutation is if the Cowboys beat the Eagles this week, which, of course, that has become much more likely at a six point favorite, then the Cowboys become very interested in their last two games. Uh When if the Eagles were to win this game, the, the Cowboys would be considerably less interested because they would know at that point that they are officially in the five seed. Well, the Tennessee Titans are next up on Thursday night for the Cowboys. And so there's going to be a completely different outlook for the Cowboys and whether they win or lose that Eagles game for that Thursday night game against the Titans. And so next week, it's the Titans for the Cowboys. And then the following week, the Titans have the Jags. So we could be looking at a Jags home game in week 18. Maybe it gets flexed to Sunday night football because it is for the division. And the Jags right now are plus 120. And I don't think that that Uh, Price has been changed to reflect the fact that the uh, Titans are going to get probably everything that they could want from the Cowboys as far as an effort is concerned right the Cowboys are going to be giving full effort again, if they win this game and again the probabilities of them winning this game this weekend you know are such that you would think that would be the case so you know point is here there's some jags potential for them to win the division and there, there's a potential obviously a plus 120 for that to be a good bet but if the jags win the division and all of a sudden we go wow what a turnaround what an in-season turnaround what a developmental turnaround for your guy trevor lawrence well who's gonna get credit for that doug peterson's gonna get credit for that yeah he's 25 to 1 to win coach of the year right now and as part of all of this, the concept, of course, being that the Cowboys beat the Eagles this week. Well, obviously, Nick Sirianni, the current favorite for Coach of the Year, might take a little hit there in the Coach of the Year consideration element, right? Because if they end up going, you know, 15 and 2, 14 and 3, a team that was in the playoffs last year, like how impressive is that really, right? In a lot of ways, it's more impressive that Jalen Hurts led them to that record if they lose, you know, one or two games here down the stretch. So there's kind of an opening outside of uh, Sirianni for coach of the year. Mm -hmm. And if the Jags come back from like four games back or three games back of the Titans and win this division, which obviously would need to start with the game this week, I think that's actually more interesting to sort of, you know, uh, it gives you a bet that keeps you interested in this Thursday night game where you go, you know what, instead of betting the game, let's just throw 10 bucks on uh, coach of the year, Doug Peterson here obviously you're cheering for Jacksonville this week and you have this sort of high payout, low risk type of play that you can use on a Thursday night to, to keep you interested here before Christmas.
0: Yeah, no, makes a whole lot of sense. And it's almost like you, it's almost like I actually produce this pod and send you a script in terms of the order of the games, which I don't for the record, (laughs) but the next game that is on the list is the Eagles at the Cowboys. Eagles are, Four and a half point underdogs in Dallas. And obviously at this point, we know Jalen Hurts is out. Gardner Minshew is in. Cowboys coming off an embarrassing loss to the aforementioned Jags. This is in the Vegas zone, primed in the Vegas zone. I'm going to be on the Eagles. The reason I'm going to be on the Eagles here, plus the points, it's just because even without Jalen Hurts, I, I get what the Cowboys are. I get what the Cowboys do. But more importantly, I think the Eagles have just shown that they have different ways to go about their business. And I like that, and I just think everyone will be quick to just jump on the Dallas Cowboys here in kind of a bounce back spot, and kind of a situation where you know the Eagles will just fall apart without Jalen Hurts, and I think there'll be a downgrade. But I don't think Gardner Minshew is is you know trash. We've no. seen Gardner Minshew before step in and be a serviceable QB. Mm-hmm. Why can't he do that in game one against Cowboys? Give me the Philly Eagles plus the four and a half points. I was hoping to actually be able to take the Philly with getting more points here, but I'll take the four and a half. And so that
1: I think is a key thing, right? Because as with everything, we sort of have to start, especially with these, because listen, if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, and then you see somebody get injured and and a point spread start to change, your first instinct should be, Matt is going to be fired up about this game because this is the stuff (laughs) that like gets me out of bed in the morning, right? Like sort of analyzing where these lines go. And, and, and where they might go going forward and all the rating stuff that goes along with it. So obviously, this line was going to be one, one and a half. And it had sort of crept up from a look ahead of Pickham because there is just sort of this kind of groundswell. And maybe it's good. Maybe it's sort of a too cool for school, you know, a little too sharp for your own good type of thing. But mm-hmm. I was looking to bet the Cowboys at Pickham, so I can't really point fingers at anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was going to open or I think actually did open on Sunday at around at minus one and a half. And of course, nobody thought Hurts was injured. And I was like, wow, there's going to be Eagles money at some point. I'll be able to get the Cowboys at pick 'em." Well, Monday rolls around and it starts leaking. And of course, before the news actually breaks, as it always does, the line starts to move first. And so to understand that this line got to minus six and a half, on monday is to sort of understand where it could go in the future so what happens is right everybody piles in just like wheelbarrows guys running down the street with wheelbarrows of money to like go bet on the cowboys before you know it sort of becomes public that jalen hurts is potentially out for this game and so you see it shoot up like and they're just taking cowboys money and cowboys money and Cowboys. okay three four five six six and a half a mm-hmm. little bit and then somebody comes in and goes like whoa uh, i'll buy back on plus six and a half and create a little middle and that might just be that is first of all it's probably somebody who also has cowboys minus one or minus one and a half but it also could just be a guy who was waiting to see how far that was willing to go because he has sort of a ready-made rating on yeah. the minshew related uh eagles right the minshew led eagles and so that happens and we sort of land on six, right? Because it's, you know, the, the buyback comes on six and a half and it goes back down to six. Then Nick Sirianni comes out and he starts talking about Jalen Hurts being, a you know, a dog. And he's got like, he's uh, freakish when it comes to his healing powers. And like, we might play him this week and blah, blah, blah. But we have to sit back and sort of realize what's actually happening here. And I think when he says that, by the way, that's mm-hmm. what triggers the move. Because immediately after he said it, it moved to, uh, to five and a half and to five. Okay. And so the more consideration, you know, we have these flashbacks to Justin Herbert at the start of the year and Josh Allen, right? Where we had massive line moves very similar to these, like almost identical and like games that were going to be sort of, you know, a different number uh, have, have moved by close to a touchdown. We start to think, okay, well, maybe he actually might play. And that's why this line is sort of settled in, as you mentioned, the Vegas zone, literally halfway between where the, oh, Jalen Hurts might be out for the year rumor, which was six and a half, and the minus one and a half for the Cowboys that it opened at, right? It's kind Mm -hmm. of directly in between with a little bit of a lean towards Hurts not playing. But like I said, we have to look at this from like a logical standpoint. Now, again, that doesn't necessarily always work. We didn't think Josh Allen should really be playing against the Vikings. We didn't think you know Herbert should be playing against the Jags. right? In both cases, that didn't really go all that well for their team. But we look at it and I go, think about it this way. The Eagles don't need to win this game. That I think that was part and parcel with why this reopened at minus one and a half, because there was sort of a tax on the element of the Cowboys needing to win this game to keep within, honestly, arm's length of the Eagles. The Eagles either need to just win one out of their next three games. I believe both of which after this will be at home against, I think it's the Saints and the Giants, if I'm not mistaken. Both very winnable games, games that they'll be favored in even if Jalen Hurts doesn't play. Or, by the way, like the Cowboys could also lose a game. And, you know, when you talk about like the number one overall seed, the Vikings could lose a game to sort of lock that up. So this isn't a do or die game for the Eagles where this is a sort of kitchen sink type game for the Cowboys. So all of that is to say, like, why would you start? Why would you play Jalen Hurts in this game? Because, like, how do you protect him? Because it's a throwing shoulder. So, okay, you are like, oh, let's let's not throw the ball a ton. Oh, so we're going to run the ball with Jalen Hurts a ton so that he can get tackled over and over again. Like this isn't also isn't a guy who we can just put in a game plan and just have, you know, uh, throw short passes Brady style and keep him you know clean the entire game. That's not the way he plays. Mm -hmm. And by the way, like the Eagles are going to try to win this game because like it's, you know, it's like we talked about with the Jags, like just cover, but it would be nice if you win. That's kind of the, the Eagles attitude here a little bit. We'd be like, yeah, we're not going to play Jalen Hurts, but we're going to still try to win. And part of that is going to be suggesting that Jalen Hurts is going to play. So the Cowboys have to review that tape a little bit.
0: Hell right? yeah! Oh
1: Because this is a guy who is like demands your attention from a game planning standpoint, right? So the longer that they can kind of go and say, oh, Jalen Hurts, like he's you know, he he heals quickly and he's a freak. And, you know, if he if he's healthy, he'll play and all of that stuff. The more disadvantageous that becomes for the Cowboys on a short week to prepare. But it also is a short week for Jalen Hurts to have those healing powers take over. So it all adds up to me to be Gardner Minshew. So if you're going to play this and, like, you know, you have it sort of stamped here at plus four and a half. But in real life, Shell, like, you're going to wait to make that bet. Yeah. You're going to wait till six. You're going to wait till six and a half because you've already been told what the line is going to go to when we get a firmer idea and it could even go a little bit higher than that because again that line moved to six and a half on rumor and early reports not on confirmation that he's not Mm -hmm. going to play so when confirmation comes we're looking at six for sure six and a half probably and maybe even some sevens right so like when we're talking about how to bet this like that's what you want to wait for Back to the football element. Gardner Minshew's involved. And you're right. He started a couple of games. And even if you go back to his time with Jacksonville, it's actually a pretty, like, pleasantly surprising, if you will, look at his uh, touchdown to interception ratio. So a lot of touchdowns in there and there's not that many interceptions and again that was with the jacksonville jaguars right so we just talked about them with regards to trevor lawrence and the the urban meyer era but it's not like it was any better than before the urban Meyer when it mm-hmm. comes to like you know functionality necessarily yeah they made it to what is that a conference championship game they made it to one year you know they had a decent organization i suppose at least from a, a coaching standpoint but like i'm not going to I'm not going to beat up Gardner Minshew for what happened when he was in the Jaguars organization. Right. And so I also trust the Eagles organization because what do we know about the Eagles organization? They're super deep at every position and they address stuff ASAP, right? Like uh, Jordan Davis goes out and Fletcher Cox has to play too many snaps. And what do they do? They're immediately going to the streets for Linval Joseph and Dominican sue. They have an issue at uh, in the secondary, immediate trade for Gardner-Johnson from the Saints. Like yeah. every single thing. Wide receivers weren't doing great last year. We're trading a first-round pick for A.J. Brown, right? We're out here making offers to teams. <laughs> we are addressing things. And so if you're the Eagles, that, and by the way, last year when that season ended in that playoff uh, game to the Buccaneers, people were calling for, well, first of all, anybody other than Jalen Hurts, but they were calling for Gardner Minshew in the second half of that Buccaneers game, right? Like we need somebody who can yeah. throw the ball. Like Jalen Hurts can't throw the ball and like da-da-da-da-da, right? And yeah, he developed an obviously MVP candidate, and that's a whole other conversation um, about his candidacy and the odds that have moved there as well. But like if you're the Eagles and all you do is address depth in every other position, and with all the quarterbacks that sort of move around in this league, you're content with Gardner Minshew as your backup quarterback? To me that's an indication that Gardner Minshew is a pretty good option as a yeah. backup quarterback. Like you don't need, you know, to keep Joe Flacco around. You know, I think he had a cup of coffee and sort of a backup role with the Eagles. Like you don't need some of these other guys that have kind of been rotated through that organization. They're like, yeah, you know what? Gardner Minshew's good enough to be a backup quarterback. So all of that comes back to what is the e- what are the Eagles with Gardner Minshew? And we go back to our good old fashioned rating system, right? so shell here we go if you are if you are rating the eagles and we already sort of have them in the high 60s out of 100 as a football team right in that spot where like it'd be nice if we saw them play some better teams on their schedule but the the ones they have played obviously they have beaten with the exception obviously of the commanders um, going one and one against them this year so without jalen hurts what what would you rate the eagles at out of a hundred knowing that we're sort of coming from a place of like 67 68 that sort of area i don't take them
0: like into the 50s i think they're still in the 60s probably like maybe a 58 though like i'm not taking them down that much is what i'm saying
1: perfect so that's how I sort of feel about it and I would be even a little bit more aggressive even into the mid 50s just because of a little bit of uncertainty Mm -hmm. but you know what it takes to get them down to six and again I'm using six because I think that's the number we go to when it's official that Gardner Minshew is the quarterback this week the number's 49 okay so when this line goes up to six when Minshew is in You have to understand that's telling you that the market or the odds makers or whomever is assigning basically a league average grade to the Eagles Mm -hmm. with Gardner Minshew for one single game. I don't have to sort of list you the teams that are in the league average, but it's The Lions, it is the Jaguars, (laughs) you know, ironically, sort of coming back to them. You know, the the Commanders are sort of just under league average, like these sorts of the the Vikings, right? Like these teams that, you know, people honestly don't really think all that much of, regardless of their record. And so I'm with you. I think they're close. It's a lot like the 49ers, speaking of, right? A a very similar situation where you go, yeah, okay. a lot of people don't know that much or don't have that high regard for Brock Purdy, but... He's filling in for a game or two, Purdy a little bit longer, but in theory, Minshew's filling in for a game or two in a system with a a team with, again, a ton of talent around them. That's why the Eagles are good. That's why the 49ers are good. Obviously, the Eagles have a little more going on with the quarterback position as far as doing extra stuff, short yardage, red zone, all of those sort of danger-type elements that they bring to the table against an opponent but i can't yeah like i'm same as you i can't get to 6 here i mean yeah. like you know that that would upgrade the cowboys a lot cuz obviously it's a two way street but what are we upgrading the cowboys off of shall you and i you and i pegged it last week where we're like yeah. what are we what are we getting excited about the cowboys like the cowboys rating kept going up because they would pull away from the Giants and the Colts in the fourth quarter, despite that being a close game in the third quarter. And then they almost lost to the Texans. And people are like, just don't seem to care about that. And then so we're like, yeah, okay, we'll take the Jags money line. We'll swoop in. We'll grab Mm -hmm. a little value with the Jags money line this week. And it goes and it cashes. Now, you know, listen, that game could have gone either way. But the point is, like, why are we upgrading the Cowboys? Why are we keeping the Cowboys? at the rating that they are, because honestly, the defense isn't as good as people think that it is because of how good it was at the start of the season. It has fallen off against some crappy teams. We talked about the quarterbacks of those teams. And then, of course, we had Trevor Lawrence dicing them up largely last week. Can Gardner Minshew do that? I think he can. I think it's a very interesting spot where we can get some value on Philadelphia here. It's by far the most interesting game, which is why we've gone so long on it. But like, yeah, but we want to wait. Like four and a half is not the bet. Four and a half is honestly the point spread it should be. And I think that sort of gives people a decent understanding, right? If the the point spread should be four and we see it go back to six, six and a half, that's where we strike. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, makes a lot of sense. Lots going on there. Lots of information to keep up with as we get closer and closer to Saturday's action. And yes, Saturday's action, which also happens to be Christmas Eve, a full slate of games as we continue here on the pod to our next game, which is the Seahawks at the Chiefs. Chiefs are 10-point favorites, and I know, I know, the Chiefs are one of the worst teams against the spread in the entire NFL. And also, if you look at my record, it's probably a lot of my losses are Chiefs. (laughs) Me taking the Chiefs blindly each and every week against the spread. I get it. I understand that. But I'll be honest with you. This one here, I'm on the Seahawks, but the reason more so is because of the number of 10, right? Just the value Mm. of that number at 10. Yes, are the Chiefs always overvalued? Probably. Were they lucky to win last week against the Texans? I'll say that again the texans i saw that score pop up on my phone i was kind of like wait what What, what's happening here anyways 10 too many points too valuable of a number i cannot take the chiefs here i am on the seahawks to cover the 10 points
1: so um it is i mean it's so funny right like the the weekly chiefs conversation and like you said like the amount the, the amount of losses in that column that are that are chiefs related and now for you to jump off
0: That when I think this is actually a really good week for the Chiefs. Chiefs at home. (laughs) Chiefs kind of like, okay, you got to stop messing around.
1: You know, I think we get caught up sometimes in in assigning an attitude to teams, and I'm the I'm as guilty of that. And I sort of was kicking myself last week on the idea that like, oh, a bunch of these teams are dead, and like, da, da da da. And it's like every year, come late December, we find out that like, there's a bunch of teams that should be dead, but they're professionals, and they actually like try (laughs) you know because you can't not try in an nfl football game or like you might get killed here's the situation okay from a line perspective uh i i'll put it this way i have this at 11 okay from a market standpoint right so like previous point spreads i have this in my own self as 10 and a half and this opened nine and a half So it's on the way to where I had the number, which means there's obviously been Chiefs interest at minus nine and a half. Now I understand once you hit 10, you know, we talked about this last week with a couple of different games. uh, One of them being the Eagles game. Like once you hit 10, like, yeah, that starts to become interesting. So I can see why you'd sort of want to play the Seahawks there. But to me, it's a little concerning that we went from nine and a half to 10 because that Mm -hmm. did feel like kind of a big number for a team that basically, I'm going to say never, which is obviously an exaggeration, but a team in the Chiefs that never covers the spread. Problem is, we just had the Chiefs off of, what, three straight road games, I believe, which is a type of thing that is going to kind of hurt your perception of them, right? And so if you were making excuses for why that game was close last week against the Texans, one of the excuses would be like, yeah, you know what? Maybe it's because they've been on the road for, (laughs) you know, basically the better part of a month, obviously not literally because they fly back home, but you know what I mean? And so once you sort of play sort of below your standard, right, still within your range, but, you know, because they were winning all these games by and large, except for the Bengals game, of course, You, you know, we sort of like, we slowly knock them down. We don't ever take them like if we had them at 75, for example, out of 100. We don't ever take them from 75 down to 70 because they had some poor performance, but we take them from 75 to 74 and then they lose to the Bengals. So they go down to like 72, not a drastic move. And then it's really close against the Texans. And you're like, that's kind of embarrassing. So you knock them down to like 71 or 70. And that's how you find them at opening at nine and a half against the Seahawks team that, by the way, Obviously struggling like they've lost four out of their last five kind of took a dagger when it came to like the NFC West like as if they were ever going to win the NFC West comical that anybody thought that was going to be the case, but especially looking at the 49ers talent level. But like, you know, took that dagger on Thursday and again, doesn't mean they're going to quit, but like Kenneth Walker, you know, sort of banged up and obviously uh, doesn't look like Tyler Lockett's going to play in this game as he, he broke a finger or something along those lines. And honestly, the Geno thing has sort of kind of come down a little bit here. And there's obviously a pretty massive vulnerability from a, a defensive standpoint with the Seahawks. And so you know, and again, not, you know, as much as we kind of give Pete Car- uh, Carroll credit, very much a motivational type guy, kind of the the uh, Mike Tomlin of the West, if you will, where like guys will buy in, but we're not totally positive. Like Carroll knows exactly what he's doing from a game management standpoint. And so I just look at it and I go, yeah, I think this kind of team is realizing that their talent level is like some of these other teams, some in a positive way, some in a negative way, in this case, a negative way, kind of who we thought they were. Right. And, and not to the tune of like a three and 14 type of team, but to the tune of like not a playoff team. And so now they're going on the road, kind of shooting their shot, if you will, at home to a team that hasn't played at home in a little while. That if they want to with the, the McKinnon, the Pacheco's of the world I'm seeing the card is out, the, the wireless mouse you know i think this is kind of a problematic spot for the seahawks Uh, i didn't get it at nine and a half i'm hoping the nine and a half comes back at 10 i would still do it because again let's look at it logically right like if it lands on 10 it's just a push i didn't lose any money on it so you know i just would rather nine and a half so i get a win on 10 but i don't even know if it's going to matter all that much i think this might be blowout town for uh for the Chiefs
0: yeah I mean surprise surprise doesn't take much to talk me into taking the Chiefs <laughs> <to> <laughs> right. cover big points so the pick has been switched first one of the week Kansas City minus 10 against the Seahawks let's keep the show moving we go to the Giants at the Vikings The Vikings are laying four points at home. Another Vegas zone special. The Vikings could be the strangest 11 and three team in NFL history. I have no idea why they needed to fall behind by what? 30 plus points epic comeback versus the Colts and Jeff Saturday, which story for a little later on in the pod. Anyways, my Mm. question to you, as I am on the Vikings minus four, my question to you with this Vegas zone game, (laughs) how is it possible that the giants, were four and a half point underdogs against the commandos and are now yes. four point underdogs against the vikings at home
1: oh uh, i feel like that a proud question to you. i feel like a proud father right now uh you're right man like that's such a great point that's a perfect point for all of this right like i guess because the Giants won last <laughs> week or or by the way like the Vikings are capable of going down 33 to nothing to fair. At, at halftime all of these things are fair um market number right it's where we kind of try to start as much as we possibly can here uh 5.3 three, mm-hmm. minus five, basically minus five and a half is where this line theoretically should be right but like the Vikings get downgraded Yeah, congrats on the comeback, but they get downgraded for needing the greatest comeback in the history of the NFL. Can't believe the Colts didn't win that game outright for those who didn't have the early payout in the round-robin money line
0: parlay. Oh, something I got to add here. The most insane thing I've done... No, I can't say that because I've been on a crazy run fading the Raptors the last week, which is a story for another day, which I can't... Anyways, I'm going to just stop talking about that. But what I will say, (laughs) including in this run here of some great gambling the Vikings to come back in the second half. I parlayed the Vikings money line with the Justin Jefferson, anytime touchdown and, and guess who Dalvin cook anytime touchdown. Oh my God. That might have been like the most Epic just Steph Curry half court three. And what was the, whatever were the odds on that? It was like plus four. Four something, I think. I gotta check. Let me check. Let me like look. at four thousand? Like 40 no, 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 no. It wasn't as crazy as you would have thought, right? Not as crazy. So it wasn't at half. It wasn't at at half. I don't it think was... it was at thirty yet, but it was like in the twenties. Oh. It was like twenty to nothing or something. Like oh, it wasn't okay. At so full, like before like, halftime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't the the full on like thirty three nothing. Okay, I'm gonna make this bet. Gotcha. I want to say. Hold on. Let me look it up. Well, I'll talk about this game. I'll
1: talk about this game while (laughs) while you look that up. Um, And, you like, listen, you guys know we've been fading the the Vikings. uh, Speaking of things that made me furious, right? Like going back to the Jets-Vikings game, watching the Jets uh, sneak in the touchdown against the Lions there. The go-ahead, what I was hoping was going to be the winning touchdown last week. Um, You know, a week or two after they refused to – (laughs) <laughs> to sneak it against the uh, Vikings. I'm laughing, but it's the only thing that's stopping me from crying. Um, as you know, like we've been fading the Vikings. So I'm lower. I've been trying to stay lower than the market on my rating in the same way that I've been trying to stay higher on the Jaguars, for example, in the market. And whereas the Giants are kind of a trickier one where, again, probably going to make the playoffs. You know, I think they're minus 700 right now to make the playoffs. I think they're right up to eight wins here. But again, the market still just kind of goes like, Eh, shoulder shrug on them, so I think we have a pretty stable idea of where we should have the Giants rated, and even then, I only get to five and a half on this game, and yeah. so and so this got to three and a half, and all, you know the greedy ones, i.e., myself, were sitting around like hoping we actually saw a three on Minnesota. And obviously that never happened. You know, the three and a halfs got gobbled up. But now we're sitting here at four. Still a little bit of value here on the Vikings. That win for the Giants was so big, you know, again, they're minus 700. They're not minus 700 to make the playoffs because they're expected to win this game, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't necessarily need to win this game. That's how big that, that sort of uh, dividing line type of a game was with the commanders, right? Once they tied the commanders in that first game, the second game was going to kind of almost be worth two. It's kind of like a like a skins game rollover type thing for our, our uh, golf uh, golfers out there. So they win that game and especially on the road, obviously, you know, now they're in the driving seat with kind of, driver's seat with all these other sort of teams kind of falling by the wayside. Yeah. Would it be nice for the Giants to win this game? Absolutely. But the Vikings you see what it, when it is looking good, what it can look like right? in that second half where Dalvin is doing Dalvin things and Justin Jefferson's obviously doing Justin Jefferson things. And and of course, Thielen is reliable, you know, on some of these high leverage plays, particularly uh, near the goal line. So um, the Giants just aren't the team that necessarily takes advantage of the bad defense of another, you know, of another team in the same way, honestly, that the Colts aren't really that type of team. The Colts took advantage of you know, punt blocks and fourth and ones from their own, you know, uh, territory that failed and and all of those sorts of things. They didn't get burned by Matt uh, Orion. Punters trying to throw. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Going for, yeah, fake punts. Like, yeah, you forget all the insane stuff that happened in the first half of that game to get to that lead. So, yeah, you know, you never love laying points with the Vikings, like, period. But, like, it's more the sixes and the sevens and, you know, against, honestly, teams in the Colts, That, you know, again, this is with healthy Jonathan Taylor, whether it was before the season or just last week, like I have the Colts rated higher than the Giants. Yeah. And that's not just me, right? That's the market Mm. as well, which, by the way, is why that game closed three and a half. And this game is four, to go back to your sort of comparison, right? The market kind of has the Giants, about a half point worse than a uh, relatively healthy, you know, with Jonathan Taylor version of the Colts
0: yeah no makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense i found the bet it was a plus 400 is what that number ended up being which to me was a telltale sign that we were all very confident that jeff saturday could go jeff saturday and blow that game (laughs) Um, something was going to go down something was going to go down indeed let's keep it moving here with the commandos at the niners niners at home favored by seven points of brock purdy era is here and i've enjoyed the trolling because it's not that i think that brock purdy is amazing i just think that he's decent and he just proves that jimmy garoppolo was just a guy that's just my own personal vendetta against jimmy garoppolo and the pain and suffering of watching jimmy garoppolo in the playoffs (laughs) and not being able to breathe but anyways should the niners be laying seven points at home against anybody i understand it's a lot of points i get it and i'm pausing here yeah. but i'm gonna take the seven and take the push if it is just by a touchdown I'm not right. confident in it but right. i'm gonna lay the seven points and i'm just kind of amazed like when you stop and think about a team that has lost two starting quarterbacks and now debo's out for a nice run here credit where credit's due i gotta tip my cap to shanahan who i crush here and there but give me the niners laying the seven points.
1: Yeah, I think your first point was, you know, sort of the jumping off point for discussion on this game, right? Is like, it's not necessarily the 49ers should, you know, should they be laying this number of points? It's Kyle Shanahan. It's always Kyle Shanahan, right? Mm -hmm. Like I I tweeted last Thursday, watching Kyle Shanahan make make three of the dumbest game in-game decisions, right? Mm -hmm. They, they They got the Seahawks to jump off sides on fourth and seven at the end of a quarter, even though no one on the planet you know no one on the planet thought that they were going to snap the ball except for the uh, defensive end on the seahawks who jumps mm-hmm. offside and they get them to jump offside so that they get fourth and two from like i think it was like the 38 37 yard line something along those lines and you're getting you're gashing the seahawks for like six yards of carry on the ground and they go yeah. to commercial because it's the it's obviously the end of the quarter and they come back and the 49ers are lining up to punt i was very <laughs> and, confused and I mean, you'd be confused if we if we hadn't lived through Kyle Shanahan for the last like, however many years he's been coaching this team, like uber conservative dude, right? Like, oh, yeah, we can beat this team. We know we can beat this team. But let's not try to win by margin here. Let's just kind of like beat this into the ground over a period of time. He took a timeout when they were running the clock was running down on the one yard line because he I guess he didn't want to suffer the half yard line penalty that a false start would would take. He's challenging like three yard gains that, like, yeah, man, like maybe you get this correct. And instead of it being third and nine, it's third and six, or vice versa. But like, what are we doing just getting willy-nilly with these timeouts out here? Like, come yeah. on. So, again, all that is to say, like, it's still Kyle Shanahan and still, like, his conservative style and, like, the idea that, like, we need them to win by two scores from an on-field standpoint. Here's my thing. <clears throat> you know, I'm a card-carrying member. I'm literally driving the bus, driving the wagon, the bandwagon, got you, told you to hop up on the front seat. We'll collect people on the way for Brock Purdy not being a massive downgrade. For the 49ers, right? So I'm higher than the market have been for, you know, certainly in that first game against the Buccaneers. Last week, do you remember how he started that game? During the stat, where the he The stat? No. Yeah. No. So he was 11 for 11. Okay. To start the game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He finished the game, it was something along the lines of like 20, uh, 16 for 26, something okay. along those lines. So that means he started the game 11 for 11, but he finished the game five of 15. The script was good. The script was good. You're all over it. Right. And the script is great. The kiddo. Oh, two pump fakes on one play. Oh, like, I was
0: loving it. I was <laughs> like, on the kiddo anytime touchdown. I'm people sorry.
1: Running, I you, Yeah. You got that from the score. I'm sure. Um, you know, people are running through the streets, just excited about two pump fakes on one play that like sprung Kittle over the middle and like kudos to them for drawing that up for that somehow working to the effect that it did. And all the, as you mentioned, the script and et cetera, et cetera. And then obviously some of those plays came after the first 15 script, because I don't think they were 11 and four uh, from a run pass ratio or pass run ratio. But at the same time, like things got a little dicey in the second half and honestly got a little dicey in the second quarter when he hit my guy uh like pro bowl safety right in the hands with an interception right. that could have maybe gone back to the house or at the very least kind of been returned for 10 yards into field goal range what yeah. happens he doesn't intercept it they punt it down for some reason Travis Homer is involved in our lives and he fumbles the ball despite knowing that he's about to get hit and that obviously turns the game because by the way one of the you know scoring drives that Brock Purdy led was about five yards long, right? So outside of that kind of turn of events and seeing the fact that even the Seattle Seahawks defense kind of tightened things up to the point where Purdy was inaccurate in the second half, has me just a, a little bit more concerned. And when I say a little bit more concerned, I just mean like seven points versus like maybe if this was six and a half points type more concerned. By the way, I should circle back. My number in this game is exactly the same as what I believe the market rating to be for this game, and that's five and a half. Yeah. So the commanders lose that game, but I don't think it's quit on the season type deal because I think they think they can get back in the playoffs here. They might be getting chase young back in this game. Now who knows how many snaps he plays? I don't even know that I want chase young playing a full complement of snaps. I think I just want him out there on third and long to get to the passer. That's not something that the 49ers allowed to the Buccaneers or to the Seahawks, but the Washington front is better than those two fronts. Certainly at this point in time, again, a little bit concerned with how maybe we've not gone too far necessarily with Purdy, but nobody's talking about the second part of that game. Mm-hmm. A second game without Debo, right? Didn't necessarily matter because you just gave it to Christian McCaffrey a billion times against the Seahawks' bad run defense. But the Seahawks' front four, again, not as good as the Washington front four. That even yeah. though they lost that game against the Giants, right? Held up pretty well against Saquon Barkley right up until that last drive where Barkley was ripping off some chunks of yardage there. But again, we're talking about climbing the mountain here and surpassing two scores or or one score into a two score game here at minus seven. At plus seven, there may be even some plus seven and a halves with like reduced juice here. A little plus, I think I saw a, a minus 117 for a plus seven and a half on the commanders. That's where I'm playing this. And honestly, based on kind of the idea, you know, we had a t-shirt and hat game last week. What does that mean? It means you won the division, you get the t-shirt and the hat after the game really big win for the 49ers this just does not rate for them <laughs> you know we talk about like yeah. motivations and stuff and like the difference between the between being the third and the second seed like eh, like that's not you know that means something but it's not necessarily something to get fired up about mm-hmm. and blow a team out that is you know again fighting for their own lives give me this I'm you know getting some value here I think I have an okay handicap on this game. Even though Taylor Heineke kind of freaks me out against a really good 49ers defense. But again, we're getting seven points here. So we have a little room to work with with regard to, you know, maybe a, a miscue uh, potentially. And honestly, I mean, listen, the Seahawks, you know, um, almost covered that number last week if it wasn't for, you know, one bad play there. So, yeah, uh, I'm on I'm on the commanders here, plus seven. And again, I haven't bet it. Uh, actually, I have bet it, but I will bet it again if it was plus, if we can see some plus seven and a halves here at a respectable price.
0: I got you. makes a lot of sense there. I'm just rolling with my Niners here and kind of just riding the Purdy train until I got to actually take a pause when the big boy games matter in a few weeks. But we got the Bengals at the Patriots. Bengals three-point faves on the road. I will be on the Bengals here. I'll take the push if they win by a field goal, but I kind of think Bengals roll here. But Beyond that, that might just be because I'm blinded by what I will say is the dumbest loss I've ever seen in my life. I watched that play over and over again, how that Patriots game ended, and I just didn't understand what was happening. It's like the only plausible explanation could have been that Jacoby Myers has some like illicit photos that somehow (laughs) Josh McDaniels got a hold of and was like blackmailing him to win that game because that didn't make any sense to me. I have no idea how that happens. But I did feel bad watching the Jacoby Myers game presser because my guy looked sad, as he should. With all that said, I'm, yeah, get out of here, Patriots. I don't know. I feel bad saying that because the years and years of riding in, Beli- in Belichick land and just yeah. trusting Belichick. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, okay I think for that.
1: I think that's over with. I think this, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> you still have to have like an accurate or sort of reasonable rating for a team. I know. I know. You know what I mean? Like, so as much as I want to go like, no, nope, Patriots uh, are idiots. Uh, they'll never win another game. I like know. get out of my life. And it's like, yeah, but that's why we have this rating system because I have to go back to it and go, okay, but for real though, what are we making the Patriots? Right? Are we, Ooh. you know, if we had been sitting around going like, yep, better than average team, Belichick's getting everything, you know, all the BS cliches, and we had them rated at like 55 or 52 or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Which honestly, some of the weeks, that's where the market rating has been. Now, if we're going to like dip them into like a below average team or sort of way below average team, like if you can make that change to the rating and sort of sleep at night, like more power to you. Mm-hmm. So I think I have them rated like pretty sort of negatively. I have it 45. Mm -hmm. My 45 comes to a two and a half for the Bengals here. And that's giving the Bengals even a little bit of a bump. Now, I say that I give them a little bit of a bump. But again, you said you were out last week. So I won't I won't point, you know, put this to you, but I'll put this to the listener. Like if you watch that game against the Buccaneers what percentage of that game are you giving credit to the Buccaneers or excuse me, giving credit to the Bengals (laughs) and giving discredit to the Buccaneers? Mm -hmm. Because like we use a lot of like words to describe things that happen. And one of those words is implosion implode like, Oh, this team imploded and they implode, but like, what is an implosion, right? Like we see these stadiums and these big buildings, like getting, you know, the camera gets set up like a mile away and we watch the dynamite go off and it literally like implodes and like dust comes flying up. That was like watching the Buccaneers in that third quarter. Like forget about the chaos from J- Jacoby Myers in the, at, at the end there, because listen, we can make the case. <laughs> your boy was out of bounds in the first place. So I don't think we should have even been in that position and B when it comes to Myers, listen, Shell, I don't know if you had that buddy when you were a kid. Maybe you were that buddy when you were a kid. And he's just like, yo, man, let's go to the let's go to the uh, convenience store. We're going to you know, go grab you know some junk food and hang out and blah, blah, blah. And then you look over and your boy has got some M&Ms in his jacket and he's got maybe sort of a magazine. I think we talked we had an episode about <laughs> loitering a couple of weeks ago. And all of a sudden he's sneaking out the door and you're like, oh, my God. Are we just doing this? And maybe you throw your M&Ms into your jacket and you're like scooting out of there. Because I kind of think that's what happened to Jacoby Myers when Romandre Stevenson, you know, started lateraling him. And, and he and Myers might have been going into that play kind of like sauntering down the field. Like, I guess we're just running the clock out. And then all of a sudden, like, when lateral, you know, pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo, shout out Scott Vef Help, like that starts going down he might be oh are we doing this and he's got the m&ms in his jacket and he's running backwards uh you know away from you know we all thought we were getting chased by the cops when we were 12 like and he's just hucking it backwards like we need to do this like he's Oh, I guess we are not, I guess we are doing this. I guess we're not tied. I guess, you know, maybe I missed a two point conversion from the Raiders or something like, uh, ah, you know, he kind of honestly just flat out panicked, right? I think, you know, if you sat there and asked him, what do you do in this situation? In like a, you know, classroom type style thing, I think he'd have the correct answer. My guy just freaked out. The Buccaneers systematically imploded with everybody and everyone screwing stuff up, right? Pass protection, Brady couldn't hand the ball off. We're we're snapping the ball into the face of Gio Bernard on a, on a, on a punt that was, was it a fake? Was it not a fake? Why would you ever have a fake punt when Tom Brady is on your team? Like, you know, how many times do we see the Patriots fake a punt in the 20 years that Tom Brady was there? Like all of these different things that happened. Right. And it was like, just try the Bengals, try to play the Bengals when they have to have the ball at their own 25 instead of your 25 it was infuriating as somebody who had buccaneers plus three and a half up 17 points in the first half and joe burrow and the Bengals couldn't move the ball down the field it was like they put in a request for the buccaneers that like 780 75 yards was too far for them to go and if you wouldn't mind could we play from 25 yards out like it was a college football overtime for the rest of the game and the Buccaneers Todd Bowles is just a dope is just signing away like yeah let's try it we're up 17 points might as well see how many times you can get the ball at you at hour 25 and see how that goes guess what didn't go all that great so the point is is like I can even bump the Bengals up that it for no real reason other than like they've just cover all the time they're the reverse Chiefs and I can knock the Patriots down because of one guy panicking because apparently we're shoplifting. And I still don't get to three and a half, which is the number it was on open and early on this week. And now it's moved to three. And so I've seen people the sort of not as sharp necessarily, you know, kind of just kind of guessing these lines and all of that sort of thing, go, oh, three and a half for the Bengals? Like that's way too low. And the thing is, they said the same thing against Tampa Bay last week. And then they found themselves down 17 to nothing and the Bengals couldn't move the ball. The problem is they got away with it last week. And that's the frustrating part about this whole racket is not only do we have guys lateraling the ball all over town for no real reason, but we also have bad bets that have no sort of thought process or, or sort of formula behind them getting paid off. And that happens every week. That's not, you know, it's not new by any stretch of the imagination. But just know that this line was Cincinnati minus three and a half. And somebody thought enough of the Patriots, even despite the disaster from last week, to grab that three and a half. Now, am I saying, oh, you got to grab plus three here? No, not necessarily. You're obviously in a sort of different territory here. But if the game lands three, it's going to be a push. I just think it needs to be, you know, people need to be aware that this was three and a half. And and the Patriots are the team that took enough money, sharp, influential money, right? Mm. This isn't $10 at a time here on the Patriots to move it this early in the week. Now, maybe that's a head fake. Because a lot of times you'll see guys who really want to bet the Bengals at minus three, put a bunch of money on the Patriots at plus three and a half, knowing that their money is influential and can get that number down to three, at which point they will bet way, way more on the Bengals when the limits go up, i.e. on Thursday. So let's wait and see, right? If this line goes back to three and a half, you'll know that that might've been a bit of a head fake there to get a Bengals minus three price. If it doesn't, and this number gets closer to the two and a half or, you know, sort of stays at three, hard to imagine it goes through three and goes to two and a half. But if it stays at three, you know, I think that's an indication that like the ba- the Patriots
0: are probably the team that we're supposed to be betting on here. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. Uh, the Uh From the Bengals, we go to the Bills. The Bills are on the road and they are nine point favorites in Chicago. It's a lot of points. The Bills against a bad team. Their offense just kind of seems to roll. I know this game, it'll be interesting because the bills kind of still want to win, right? Like they still need to win as you know, the chase for the top seed in the AFC by definitely really, 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 really matters. Yeah. So, um, and really what's nine points. I mean, if they win 20 to 10, that's a cover, right? Anyways, Mm -hmm. Josh Allen beast mode last week. All that's great give me the this is pretty simple for me really to be honest bills minus nine uh the bears yeah good job good effort see you next year
1: <laughs> my ratings come to nine so i'm totally okay with it the market ratings that i have here like come to 10 mm-hmm. maybe even something like pretty close to 11 here yeah, like a 10.9 which like seems really high for a team on the road um uh, but, I mean, listen, the Eagles were nine. They kind of dipped down to eight and a half last week, but they were nine for much of the week last week. And the market has pretty much all season long had the Bills rated higher than the Eagles. Now, I was watching that game on Saturday night, and I'm just like sitting there, again, needing the Bills. Certainly needed them to win outright, thankfully. They started a bunch of teasers that were really profitable last week and, got, and you know, got led to a pretty big, big week for me, even though the against the spread stuff wasn't um, all that great. Um, I think we we're four and four, three, and one against the spread. Um, and I'm just watching this Bills game. And I'm like, this team, it's just something's missing. Like, why am I underwhelmed every time I watch the Bills, right? Like the offense just isn't, you know, like they have these flashes of like three play touchdowns, you know, 75 yard touchdown drives. And then it's just like, no, actually, uh, Josh Allen just skipped a ball, like whizzed one by Stefan Diggs's ear, or like, you know, we're using a series of running backs that aren't necessarily like, you know doing all that much and the defense comes out there and like uh, most just you know going to town on them right like at any given moment it seems like he could bust a 60 yard run and so like I don't really want to lay a ton of points on the road here against this Bears team that we just watched last week like frisky enough that if they're down 14 they're down 16 or something you know what I mean like that they're they're not done yet right like there's mm-hmm. always kind of like something left in the old bag there for for justin fields who is just absolutely electric you know there should be like one i mean not once a game maybe once a season where we all get to vote on a play that even though a guy stepped out of bounds barely the play should still count that was a mm-hmm. justin fields run for me last week where we should have all been able to uh you know hit something on our phone and uh and called that a touchdown i don't like i hate this game it's not going to be a game that i like i'm I'm, I'm dying to bet on. This might be the, the sort of same deal that you had with the Chiefs, really, where it's like, if we'll go to 10, because, again, the market rating often kind of creeps towards that number. I mean, we just talked about it with Cincinnati and New England in a different type of a way. If this gets up to 10, then, yeah, I think we'll be on the Bears.
0: I got you. I got you. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense for sure. um Speaking of not making a lot of sense, two teams that have been really up and down, especially just lately with what the Lions are doing right here. How are people buying into the Lions right now? But it's a thing. And I'm one of those people. Lions favored by two and a half points in Carolina against the Panthers. I don't like the Lions as road favorites. I don't like laying points with the Lions as road favorites. But I'm going to. Plug my nose, trust them that they can win by a field goal and continue this run. They've won, what, six of their last seven games. I mean, if that, speaking of the conversation we were just having, if this moves to three, I'm more likely to take a pause. Three, three and a half, okay, cool. But at two and a half, oof, I'm plugging my nose, taking the Lions. I don't love it, but I'm trusting the process here with your man's Dan Campbell and what they got going there.
1: Yeah, speaking of Dan Campbell, and I hate, I hate doing this because, listen, my job is to write about bets. You know, that's what I do basically all the time. Sometimes you can't write about every single bet that you ever make, especially when it's 150 to one. And that's what I did with Dan Campbell two weeks ago. I bet on Dan Campbell to win coach of the year at 150 to one. He's now at plus 175 yeah. <laughs> two weeks. And all it took was a win against the Vikings at home where they were the favorite, which was kind of the reason why I, just, I made the bet because I was like, well, if they're going to win this week, then. You know, he's mm-hmm. going to get some attention here. And then they pull off the game that we mentioned before when they it took them basically, what, 57, 58 minutes, something along those lines, to get a touchdown offensively. This this Lions offense that we're all sort of, you know, supposed to be very excited about. Mm-hmm. I think the Panthers, I still think the Panthers defense is pretty good. I think they probably got a little too, you know, let's use an old timey term here, big for their britches. After the road win in Seattle the previous week, you know, we saw the market kind of react to them that Mm -hmm. where that game probably should have been a pick'em against the Steelers. We had the Trubisky element in there that sort of pushed that line close to and even touched a field goal uh, against the Steelers last week. And then, of course, all Trubisky had to do was just hand the ball off. And Najee Harris was having a really great game. And by the way, the Steelers run defense was very good in that game. Mm -hmm. and that's what the Panthers want to do, right? They want to, whether it's Hubbard, whether it's Foreman, they just want to pound the ball over and over and over again. And when they can't, and when they get behind, because the Steelers, in this case, scored the first touchdown, the Panthers are just not going to be able to compete. But if they get the first touchdown, they get, you know, a 10, 15, you know, 17-point lead, now you're in really big trouble when it comes to the Panthers. Mm -hmm. So, in order for the Lions to kind of win this game and cover this game, they're gonna need a hot start. That's not really what Jared Goff does in these outdoor game type situations, right? Like these, they didn't get the hot start against Chicago. They didn't get the hot start against the Giants. They didn't get the hot start last week against, I mean, they actually got a hot start because of the punt return. And listen, that was a short punt return that might've ended up in a field goal anyway, right? So it's, you know, let's not take the seven points off the board necessarily, but maybe there was kind of four extra points um, uh, uh, on that touchdown. So to me, this is almost one where you actually leave it and just kind of see who scores first. And then kind of play it off of that. But I think it's Mm -hmm. worth mentioning along the same lines of Bengals and and Patriots, the line was three. And so, you know, if your instinct is, oh, you know, the Panthers at plus three, like that would be something I would have to think about. Keep in mind, like other people saw that and jumped on it. So your instinct was correct. You just sort of didn't get to the store in time. Right. As we get into sort of, you know, up here in Canada, Boxing Day sales and and these, you know, sort of after holiday shopping deals. Right. People Mm -hmm. were kicking each other and knocking down the door to grab Panthers plus three. Right. And so that moved it off of three down to this two and a half, which is obviously much less valuable. So that just needs to be sort of in the mind that like plus three was a really good somebody out there thought plus three was a really, really good bet on the Panthers. Obviously, I think we're at the point here in week 16 where it doesn't need to be mentioned. But a home team, two-and-a-half-point underdogs, what does that mean? That means teaser time. Let's get that thing up to eight-and-a-half and force the Lions to win by margin here on another game on the road. You know, listen, it's Carolina. It's not going to be the coldest day of, of their lives, but certainly still a December-type weather, um, you know, anywhere, basically, in the country outside of, like, Florida at this point
0: speaking of we head to Cleveland, (laughs) we got the saints at the Browns Browns favored by two and a half points. Browns offense still looking kind of suspect. I'll say only putting up 13 points versus the Ravens, but I know there's a lot going on. The QB I still won't name is still, you know, trying to figure out his way there. I got to be honest with you. This might be exactly what we were just talking about where, I really wanted to take the Saints in this game. Like, really, really, really want to take the Saints in this uh-huh. game. But at it, with it being under a field goal, that's why I'm on the Browns here. That's it. So I can be easily persuaded in this game. But I just think that the way that at some point, I feel like the Browns offense will be the offense that we most people are anticipating when you sign a dude for the highest contract ever, Lord, right? Yeah. Like, you hope that at some point they figure it out. But I don't know. I'm on the Browns, not really liking it, minus two and a half.
1: So a couple of things. First of all, because everybody loves a fantasy football story. Um, So my initial inclination, because I do what I do, is when Jalen Hurts gets injured, I go, okay, what are the – betting ramifications right first things first what's the how does that change the line for the Cowboys game second thing how does that change the odds in the MVP third thing how does that change for other you know Eagles related futures and then you know fourth and final thing how does that affect the schedule for all these other teams we talked about the Jags before about three hours later I'm thinking to myself there's something else that I'm missing in all of this and then I realize Jalen Hurts is my fantasy football quarterback, the guy who I waited out everyone Mm -hmm. in my auction to have enough money so that Mm -hmm. I could outbid anybody who dared try to take Jalen Hurts away from me, the cornerstone Mm -hmm. of the entire season. I go, oh God, what am I going to do? Well, the quarterback that I had stashed on my bench the entire season just for, in theory, this type of scenario, Mm -hmm. your man's deshaun watson
0: definitely not my mans for the
1: record <laughs> i was just waiting, just waiting for that and then we go and we take a look at the old odds board here to check out this game and it isn't about the spread it's about the total its total is 31 and a half in this <laughs> in this game and you go, what like, saints offense isn't that bad and the Bears offense isn't that bad well how about like 50 to 70 mile an hour wins for you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I sort of, I, I talk about this in a fantasy football context because now I'm sitting here going like, well, do I want Deshaun Watson to be my starting quarterback in a semifinal in, you know, gale force hurricane, borderline hurricane level wins? Or do I want like literally anyone else I can possibly find? Long story short, Gardner Minshew is getting the start for the vinegar strokes this week. Yeah. Um, what could possibly, possibly go wrong? But as it pertains to this game, the wind, the total obviously being borderline historically low, is it going to get lower? Is it going to go down to like 30? Are we going to see it in 29 and a half? That has to be an a historic low. All that is to say, when it, when it's that windy and scoring is so hard to come by, every single point matters. Mm-hmm. Right. And the kicking gets affected. And so one. All right. Are we doing field goals? Maybe not. Are we doing long extra points? Maybe not. Well, if we're not even bothering with extra points, we start getting into two point conversion town and we start getting into scoregami, like really weird score type territory, which again means that one and two become a lot more valuable and a lot more legitimate sort of finish scores because Mm -hmm. you're not looking to kick an extra point you know that 35 yard extra point you know let's say the game is somehow they get to whatever 17 10 somebody scores a touchdown you're gonna be a lot more likely to just go for the two-point conversion one way or another right like there could be two point it might be two-point conversions from jump street in this game Honestly, then neither team might score. We might just be, we might be just doing zero zeros in this game. Like, you know what I mean? When we, when we're hitting these levels of wins and everybody just runs the football and it's not just everybody runs the football and we're not sure whether they're going to throw, if everybody runs the football and we know they're going to run the football, it's going to be really hard to create some offense in this Yeah. No, for sure. We're hitting a lot of these games that, that the old number was something and now it's something else. So, like the Saints plus three, I think was an attractive bet to people because of the possibility of the Browns winning this by one or two points, being higher than it would normally be, right? Because normally we look at a two and a halfer here, and we go, "Oh, it's just a field goal. You can go to overtime and win by a field goal." Here, we're a little bit less likely to go to overtime because we're yeah. going to be scraping for ones and twos and, and any kind of points we can possibly get here. By the way. Another really good teaser leg, right? Saints up to eight and a half in a game that, like I said, might be scoreless. Maybe this is maybe this is that game where you hit the prop bet for no touchdowns scored at like whatever the whenever those go for 50, 100 to one, you know, whatever those are, you know, I don't know. Thing is, like field goal kicking is going to be even harder than scoring touchdowns in a lot of ways. Right. So like, you know, we might get touchdowns, but just no kicks. (laughs)
0: well will we get touchdowns in our next game which is the texans at the titans titans are four and a half point favorites another one lovely lovely sitting in the vegas zone uh texans are getting points after back-to-back weeks in which they probably should have won outright versus the cowboys and the chiefs now you have the titans who've lost four in a row uh this is just a weird game to me like the perfect Vegas zone game. I would hope that I could be able to get more points with the Houston Texans here, but I'm on the Houston Texans with the four and a half points in the Vegas zone. I want more points, but I'll settle for four and a half points here with the Texans. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of things.
1: So Texans, first of all, like what do we do with the Texans rating? Right? Like we had, we had, we had bombed them down like into subterranean territory below 20 for a minute mm-hmm. there. I think we got to get them back up to like 22, you know, something like that. somewhere we've had them for much of the year. The Titans rating with Tannehill sort of fresh, ready to go is 47, right? Certainly not overrating them because this is a team that's leading their division. So it'd be hard for you to anybody have an argument that that's too high. It might be too low. But again, if we're going to play that conservatively, the Tannehill number, all of that is to say, beep boop boop, this number should be nine. Yeah. But Tannehill's not going to play, I don't think. Possibility that he does, but this line opened at seven, which, right, feels yeah. like an in-between, not quite mm-hmm. a Tannehill healthy, but not quite a Malik Willis line. It goes yeah. from seven down to four and a half. Well, like the Eagles game, right? That that's sort of an indication yeah. that we're already down to Malik Willis territory. Good news is we've got a Malik Willis rating, because he's played two games this year, one of which, by the way, was against the Houston Texans. So I think we have a pretty good understanding of what Malik Willis is and how he relates to the Titans and what they are. Mm -hmm. And that rating and part of that is sort of Vrabel game plan and being able to sort of like get sort of the most out of a kind of a bad situation. That rating goes from 47 down to about a 35. Right? We're, again, we're not not a very good, not giving them a ton of credit, even though the two Malik Willis games was overtime against the Chiefs or almost overtime. I can't remember whether that actually got to overtime, but last second field goal um, for the Chiefs. And then of course the win against the Texans. So like we can't really go much further down than that 35. So what does that spell out? That spells out six for the Titans, minus six. We're have a minus four and a half here. I don't. I'm not really sure what Malik Willis did in his stint, other than not being great throwing the football. But like he managed it around, as far as like Derrick Henry running through the Texans for like two hundred some odd yards when they first played, and, to, and and Henry didn't even have that great a game against the Chiefs, right? They were they had enough game planning, that, sort of around that and defensive ability to sort of you know keep that that thing close. So I don't know how we got necessarily down to minus four and a half. Like that's kind of really a slap in the face to Malik Willis. Now the Titans haven't played particularly well in these last few weeks. So you can sort of maybe make the case that we're kind of beating up on the Titans here for how they've played recently. But that's a field goal game against a really good, you know, all of a sudden kind of really good Chargers team last week. So I'm not looking to downgrade the Titans beyond the sort of two different gradings that we have for them. There's no reason for me to sort of bounce backwards Mm -hmm. any more than what we've had for Malik Willis when he's played in these other two games. So I think this is actually a really good spot for the Titans to win one of these kind of you know, 16-6, to six, like very similar to the last time they played. I don't, I don't expect this game to be a shootout. Now, again, somehow the Texans are getting things done here with the Driscoll-Davis-Mills com- you know, kitchen sink combo. We should, I think that's the nickname for them, the kitchen sink combo. I think Driscoll and Mills are probably brands of some sort of, like, cake maker mixer or uh, frying pan. I don't know. I'm just making that up. Sounds out about course. right. Right? I mean, oh, yeah. What are you getting the wife this year for Christmas? Mm. Uh, she wants a new Dricks, a Driscoll, and uh, and we're gonna get some new Mills. Um, you know, we have to we have to freshen up our plates. So we're gonna get mm-hmm. some Mills Mills plates, Davis Davis Mills plates. Uh, so yeah, I, honestly, like I think we've kind of gone too far, and this number's too short for a Texans team that, like, kudos to them for them, you know, fighting with the Cowboys and the Chiefs. The box score was a little uglier than the score was last week against the uh, Chiefs. I just think, you know, the Titans need need to start getting some wins here, right? Yeah. Like this, you know, this isn't a team playing. It kind of feels like the Titans are a team that's irrelevant and aren't playing. You know, again, we have them rated below average, even kind of at the best of times. And that they are just playing out the string like some of these other teams. So it's like, no, no, actually, they're, they're leading the division and one game clear of Jacksonville. Like they kind of need this game like desperately and oh, actually yeah. losing to a Texans team that, listen, you can make the case as much as they're fighting on the field. There are still some questionable decisions on whether they're actually trying to win these football games. So, you know, I think we're just getting kind of a really cheap price here on the Titans. And I think we have to lay it at minus four and a half.
0: Okay. 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 Uh, the Falcons at the Ravens. Ravens favored by seven and a half points. This line is very interesting to me. Uh, at last check, by the time we were recording this, Lamar hasn't practiced. But again, we're talking about Wednesday to Saturday. It's real time. Either way, to me, seven and a half points is a lot of points for this Ravens offense. And if you're telling me that this is not Lamar and we're in Huntley land, it's definitely a lot of points to me. But then we go into what's going on with the Falcons, which there's a lot going on with them as well, especially at the quarterback spot. Either way, give me the Falcons plus the seven and a half points because it's just too much points for me to lay with the Ravens at this point of the season. Yeah. So this is a
1: Lamar line. Like this is the, with the expectation that the Lamar plays, right. The Mm -hmm. uh, Huntley line, again, extrapolating the previous games with Huntley into this line, this would be five, right? Uh, Ravens by five. Now that's using the Huntley line going into those last two games. And you can very well look at those games from a box score standpoint, or just with an eyeball standpoint and be like, not so great. Right. And meanwhile, Devin Duvernay has got an injury. It doesn't look like he's going to play. So the other element is like, do they have enough guys, even if Lamar comes back to get the ball to, because by the way, when Lamar left, we were looking to downgrade the the Ravens pretty significantly only like him leaving sort of staved off that, you know, overreaction, if you will. And so with Lamar based on those, you know, previous numbers, the number is about 7.2. Mm -hmm. right so the lamar number should be 7.2 It's 7.5 that probably has a lot to do with the fact that desmond ritter had his debut last week and if we're being honest about it he stunk now Mm -hmm. it was enough to cover a point spread which is all we really asked for out of our guy last week shout out to desmond ritter but a 50 percent completion rate and like 60 yards passing or whatever it was like not exactly what we're looking for on the road against the ravens so Am I dying to lay points with the Ravens here? Absolutely not. Am I thinking that there's there's a very good chance the Falcons do not score any points? And this has kind of, you know, Broncos vibes from a couple of weeks ago. Now, listen, that game was, what, 10 to 9, right? The Ravens couldn't score enough to cover a number, even though they only gave up like nine points. All that is to say, I think this is another leg for Teasertown. (laughs) <laughs> I think this is we wait if we now you know part of the whole reason for doing this you know making numbers and having power ratings in order to make numbers is to know what to expect from the line. So unlike Jalen Hurts and and you know being in and out and where that line is going to go and knowing that it's going to swing one way or another at least hypothesizing it's going to swing one way or another. This one we know that the number right now is an is basically a full Lamar line. Like maybe it goes to a half point, you know, to 8 something like that, because we start getting into like less important areas. So we can wait and see to make sure it's Lamar. And the worst thing that I think is going to happen is it maybe goes to eight and a half, which is still teaserable, right down to under a field goal. So this is Ravens on a teaser, if you want to risk it now to go to minus one and a half, knowing it might be a Huntley, Huntley situation. You can, but you can also sort of risk it in a different way going like, you know what, I'd be fine if it was minus eight down to minus two or minus eight down to minus two and a half. You find out Lamar's in, you tease it down. We've already talked about some of these very good teaser options. Uh, Obviously, New Orleans plus eight and a half, uh, Carolina plus eight and a half, and even some of these sort of touchdown favorites that you can knock down uh, under, under a field goal like this one.
0: Oh, yeah, I got you. I got you. Our next game on Saturday night, though, might be a, one of those opportunities here. As you have the Raiders as two and a half point underdogs in Pittsburgh, I will be on the Raiders plus the two and a half points. Uh, the Raiders, I mean, they're after so many soul crushing losses this season. I guess at some point something had to bounce their way <laughs> and them come out on top or be I on mean. the other side of a soul crushing play at the end of the game. But hey, here we are. Uh, the Steelers, on the other hand, have been playing really well. Um, but in this spot, I just feel like this is a field goal game. And I, I know I'd been saying earlier on, I'd like it number to be at three. And then I'd be able to take the the underdog in this scenario. But I just like the Raiders. I don't, I'm not sure why. I can't believe even just uttering that sentence, I like stutter upon it. I like the Raiders, not something I've said at, yeah. much at all this season, but two and a half points with the Raiders. Give me that on a, on a Sunday night primetime game against Steelers team. That's still kind of like, nah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you talked about the, obviously the breaks that they got, I, you know, again, I'm still more offended, honestly, by the, uh, call of it not being him out of uh, Cole being out of bounds. Right. Yeah. Like those of you who are watching right now, right. You see this thing above me, right. Right. Here. Okay, you see how my head goes across it, and if you drew a line going across, right, it sort of disappears. That's what happened with that guy's foot, right? My head is out of bounds right now. So was that guy's foot. The line disappeared once we got to, a foot and then reappeared on the other side. Anyway, don't want to get all the the science of it all. Um, <coughs> this was plus three. Now it's two and a half, right? A little bit of a theme to the sort of around a field goal type of thing, right? betters are grabbing plus threes where they can get their hands on them. some of them are plus three and a half in the case of the patriots some of them are plus threes in the case of what panthers uh raiders there was one other than other one that we just did um browns browns thank you uh yeah we're in this case the saints right they're grabbing the plus threes wherever we can get them because honestly a lot of these teams are all just kind of in this jumble of meh right where like if there's a plus three out there grab it because this thing's probably coming down to a field goal one way or another right Mm -hmm. so uh you know i'm certainly one of those who paid a little bit more minus 115 even a minus 120 for the raiders at plus three certainly didn't think we were going to get anything better than that didn't think we were going to get a a flat three here another one low scoring total type of a game here what do we do plus two and a half (laughs) up to plus eight and a half right there is a, it's a teaser festival and this is honestly probably the last week of teasers i wrote about this this week at the score this is probably the last week for teasers because once we get to week 17 and 18 you know you have these types of games where in theory the line should be two and a half but i don't know whether one team cares or the other team cares, exactly right? yeah like these two teams care now because they still think they have a chance to make the playoffs Week 17, the writing is on the wall. Week 18, the writing is definitely on the wall. And so you might have a pick game that everybody thinks is, okay, I don't know which to you know which to pick with, blah, blah, blah. That might be 40-3 to three because one team cares and one team doesn't, right? So mm-hmm. this is the last week to just teaser to your heart's content. Um, and that's, I think, how we play this one. Um, the Kenny Pickett, you know, being back in. You know, honestly, I don't know what to believe anymore. Trubisky's playing well, then he's not playing. And then he is. And then, you know, Pickett's good, but sort of not. And... Yeah, listen Derek Carr and company like it's it's just a mess
0: there's a lot going on for sure and there will be a lot going on this weekend as Christmas Day we have a bunch of games on the schedule. starting off with the Green Bay Packers at the Miami Dolphins this game is nicely in the Vegas zone Dolphins favored by four Vegas zone Christmas in Miami that's a lot of vibes there I'm just saying but give me the Packers and the points I think the Dolphins win this game but I just don't like i don't want to take them laying more than a field goal in this game i don't feel comfortable doing that meanwhile the packers i know i'm not giving them too much credit because we know the state of the rams which we'll get to in a bit but i feel like they at least look more presentable on offense right they look more serviceable on offense and if that's it you can at least run the ball you still got aaron Rodgers. i will take the four points and the packers on the road in miami
1: yeah. And right along lines with that, man, top five uh, offensive fi- offensive efficiency, according to Football Outsiders DVOA, right, which is sort of an advanced metrics kind of go to for a lot of people. Top five since week 10 for the like Packers. Mm-hmm. Right. Which like I test. Yeah, makes some sense. Right. They're actually hitting some of these deep passes, whether it was you know, Romeo Dobbs and now obviously Christian Watson becoming this guy that defenses have to be aware of because. You know, they just released Sammy Watkins, basically what game day on Monday. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that was the guy who like was kind of your best option for a minute there. You know, and, and Lazard was out and all of that sort of thing. You know, you see, it's still not ideal. Aaron Rodgers is handing, you know, throwing signals out to guys and Watson has no idea what he's talking about. There was a story, I don't know if you caught it uh, actually before the game earlier in the week that, you know, they don't even write the signals down you just are supposed to, like, learn them from, like, the guys around you because hmm. they don't want other teams to, like, ever know what, like, Roger's signals are. I and like so that. if you're a rookie on this team, like, you're literally, like, is there a playbook? There's a playbook, obviously. But, like, is there, like, a, is there a website, you know, yeah, yeah, that yeah. I can go to for all of Roger's signals? And they're like, no, they're just sort of, like, handed down, like, your you know, your mom's cookie recipe for, <laughs> for the holidays. And then, like, sure enough, in that game, you know, the total, people who bet totals, are sweating it out because, you know, they run that one, essentially one more play to run and to score a touchdown. And he's, you know, sends the signal out and Watson just does not understand it and never looks at the ball. So it's not exactly perfect just yet, but it's good enough. And I thought it would be good enough to lay the seven points with the Packers, which at this point in the season, or honestly, maybe in the rest of my life with the NFL, I'm just loath to not do. Now I've, said it a couple of times you know lay the points of tennessee lay them with kansas city et cetera, et cetera. but like man it's brutal in the nfl when guys are lateraling on interceptions a day after we saw jacoby myers lateral like you didn't watch any shows in the last 24 <laughs> hours uh, i think it was rasul douglas like he didn't you haven't paying any attention at all like maybe tighten up the laterals for one week so you know I, i'm not dying to lay points uh, you know but i want I, I was okay with it with the packers against the rams And as part of that, you know, we talk about, especially going into Monday night football games, if you like a team really, you know, if you really like a team on Monday, maybe look at their opponent next week. And if there's a line available for their game the next week, this line was six, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going into that game on Monday. So I'm like, well, if I'm betting the Packers at minus seven against the Rams, if I like them now, I should probably like them next week when they're getting six against the Dolphins. So I bet that. And I'm loving that because now it's down to four and like, that's around where my number should, you know, has this line being actually, it's four and a half. Right. So mm-hmm. this is another like slight over exaggeration because probably so much money came in on uh, green Bay plus six where you go, okay, well, we need to get some Miami money here back, but you know, you're moving this line. You're, you know, susceptible to get middled here if you're a sports book. So, um, you know, you can get into motivations and, you know, obviously like, Dolphins kind of out of the division, obviously from their loss last week, and like yeah, they're still fighting for a wild card. And we talked about them being on the road for three straight games. a Little bit different because I think that game last week kind of held firm their rating, whereas like obviously with the Chiefs, it kind of dropped down a little bit. Whereas the Dolphins, like it dropped down for the first two games, but they got some credit for hanging in there and almost beating the Bills in the in those conditions. Now they get to go home for the first time in what three four weeks. So yeah, um, yeah. At this number at four, no, it's not ideal, but I'll probably be using the Packers in a round robin underdog money line parlay, because mm-hmm. honestly, they've just been that much better over this last few weeks. Problem is, what does that mean? Uh, yeah. The Rams, the Bears, you know, those victories, you know, you know it's been Bears by Rams after <laughs> the last three weeks. Yeah. So how much of this is kind of artificial? So I can sit here and say, I like my plus six because the market says plus four is the right number. But it's kind of hard for me to make a case at plus four that that's the right play unless I'm going all the way to like, yeah, Packers money line. You know, they're going to run the table and like potentially make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Totally get it here. Totally get it. Uh, Let's keep it moving here. Broncos minus two and a half at the Rams. And I can't lie. I will be watching basketball during this game. Mm on christmas day um not even sure like what which one of the basketball games is on but i guarantee you i will not be watching is it rippon versus baker mayfield is that what this is going to be god i
1: think russ is back but i think the real issue here is the fact that like the line doesn't change all that much between (laughs) russell wilson and brett rippon
0: I mean like, that's kind
1: yeah. of that's Bron- kind of a bummer if you're if you're Russell Wilson, right?
0: And either way, Broncos minus two and a half. I'm on the Rams plus two and a half here in this game. Sure, give me the points. I'll check in on the score, I'll check the ticker for the latest <laughs> for our Canadian fans here. Yeah, yeah. I I don't got much on this game. I feel bad for the NFL because this was their forte into like stealing the headlines. Yeah. which they will like, let's not get it twisted. This sure. will still beat the NBA in the ratings in the States. Total. I'm just saying I will not be one of the people watching this game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, ripping number is pick em. Uh, Russell Wilson <laughs> number is like two, um, Rams with the, you know, we had to, we had to upgrade the Rams a little bit after that win against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. even though we still didn't you know remember i said my number was nine and a half when it was seven of course that ended up closing seven and a half or eight you know which honestly at that in that range of a point spread is, is close enough um can't believe that was at six and a half at one point last week that that was wild um so yeah we're gonna downgrade the rams a little bit russell wilson coming back maybe we forgot that he stinks i don't know that's how i guess we got to two and a half again this is yet another two and a half that yep. If we could just start, if we're just teasing them all, and we just get close games, like good enough, right? Like cool. I don't, this game doesn't have to be good; it just mm-hmm. has to be close. At plus eight and a half for the Rams at home, you know. Again, Baker Mayfield at least serviceable, even though, yeah, serviceable, uh, even though. You know, listen, the rest of the roster is just falling by the wayside here. Um, uh, I yeah, you can't get me to bet on the side, you know, on this game or obviously the total, but yeah, you could sprinkle this in as a low leverage add on to some teasers that yeah. you know don't have them in every teaser don't have them in your big teaser but if you, you're you going to need some action if you're not an nba fan um this would be maybe that uh, that play for a plus eight and a half teaser like with maybe the next game that we're going to talk about
0: yes speaking of said next game the bucks tampa bay minus six and a half at the cards um Tom Brady Christmas day, prime time sounded like a great idea at the start of the season. Didn't it just as Um, Russell Wilson versus the defending champions did. Right. Right. Uh, Laying six and a half points on the road. Seems like a lot to me versus anyone. But then I saw that some dude named Mick Yeah, Marty. (laughs) Wow. Well played. That got me. That got me. Um, He will be playing quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. I feel like I've been fading the bucks for a few weeks now and mentioned earlier that they are one of the worst teams in the NFL against the spread this season. Yeah. But this line, like I can't believe it. I I'm on the cards here plus six and a half and there's no real reason for it. Like Tom Brady and company should be able to win this game by a touchdown against some dude named McSorley and a cards team. That is basically, I mean, riding out the rest of the season like
1: yeah we can assign like we you know i said oh let's try not to assign like death you know time of deaths to these teams because they are professionals and all of that sort of thing and listen trace mcsorley is going to try his heart out right because he's on his like 11th team i think um you know he's just thrilled not to be on a practice squad at this point but we got a cameo appearance from trace last week against Mm -hmm. denver wasn't great no was not great. Right. This wasn't, this wasn't a Brock Purdy cameo appearance where everything like still runs relatively smoothly. This is a Trace McSorley appearance where it was, you know, pretty rough. So, but, (laughs) uh, six and a half points though with this, you know, with this Bucks outfit, you know, which is one of my favorite terms, uh, to call a team an outfit. Um, listen, I got this down. Let's see, where are we at for this for my Cardinals rating at this point? I'm at 25 (laughs) on the Trace McSorley Cardinals. Let's go. Right?
0: Like, but are they worse than the Texans? Mm, I I mean, mean, honestly, like... Hold on. They still got, like, DeAndre Hopkins and stuff, like... But if you can't throw it to them... Screen pass? (laughs) I I mean, maybe...
1: Like, and the offensive no, line's always been bad. And it was always kind of yeah. like, well, Kyler will be able to sort of like figure it out. Or no, like Colt McCoy you. is going to be get the ball game. out in time. Like, I just, so my number at, at, with calling, let's put it this way. Calling the Cardinals at 25, mm-hmm. which is like just above the Texans puts this number at about 5.2. So yeah. Halfway between five and five and a half. So this market at six and a half, which it moved from sort of four and a half to up to six and a half is telling us that. The Cardinals are the worst team in the league. So you are betting right now, not on Cardinals plus six and a half. You are betting a yes, no bet. You are betting on no, that the Cardinals are the worst team in the league right now. Yeah. Correct. And like if, and if you want to go to war with that, that is absolutely fine. I'm not going to talk you out of that by any stretch of the imagination, because I'm not going to talk you into the bucks at this point. I will say the Cardinals basically never win home games. So we shouldn't (laughs) be afraid of the Bucs not winning this game outright sort of conceptually or more relevantly, we shouldn't be like looking to you know take the home dog on the money line because like that's not how Cardinals games ever work basically. But at six and a half, you got yourself a nice little Christmas teaser. You know, the, I don't really like basketball or like, you know, or I'm a diehard NFL fan plus eight and a half minus a half point teaser here to sort of get you through the day like honestly it's true it's kind of all I got when it comes to it's this true because listen our boy you know Tom Brady who you know some people like to call Tommy telling me that they you know four turnovers is still a pretty good game for old Tommy boy you know I you know I can't I'm sorry I can't lay six and a half against literally anybody um,
0: <laughs> I hear you and speaking of what we got for you is one more game here the Chargers at the Colts Chargers favored by four points. Another Vegas zone line, the Colts with just an embarrassing performance after blowing out or blowing that lead last week to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I hate the Chargers laying points, but I will be on the Chargers plugging my nose here, taking the Chargers and just anticipating that somehow, some way I'll be watching Justin Herbert driving down the field, trying to drying late to win and cover, but either way, I'm still on the Chargers.
1: Yeah, it sort of inherently feels like an ugly situation where like, oh, man, I really don't want the Chargers laying points on the road. Then you go, well, it's on the road versus at home. mean anything <laughs> to to the Chargers, right? Like it's not, yeah. it's not a thing, right? Like they don't have a home field advantage anyway. Basically any team, especially in that division, just ends up filling the stadium in red, orange, you know, both silver and black yeah right so like now they go to the colts like yeah you know listen colts have diehard fans all of that sort of thing you just blew a 33 point (laughs) game last week are you really just rocking the house in indianapolis on monday night are you bringing the heat right so this line was the look ahead line was three sort of reopened three and a half and then kind of you know got a bet up to four you know this feels very sort of two ships passing in the night type of situation right where Mm -hmm. the colts like you know, they've been giving it their all here with some of these games. And then it's just like, nah, it's just not working. Jonathan Taylor hurts himself. And he's like, no, nope, I'm done. And that would be the reason to like the Colts, right? Because everybody just racks yardage against the Chargers from a you know, yeah. tailback position. Is Deion Jackson and Zach Moss capable of that? I mean, it seems like everybody is kind of capable of that against the Chargers. But again, you're getting an extra day here of rest for the Chargers, an extra day for the Colts. But again, this, you know, the Chargers are the team that is slowly getting healthier. Mm-hmm. Right. That, you know, still without again, Joey Bosa, Rashawn Slater, and Derwin James. Like those are three really big names and three different like high leverage positions. Yeah. And if they can get James back and then and maybe Bosa back for this game on Monday, which we won't know for at least a couple of days, if not right up until game time. And by the way, that we talked about that Patriots loss and sort of laughed at it and commiserated about that, sort of moving moving a W to an L, which is the infuriating part, right? Because you don't, when you tell somebody your record or you sh- you know we start the show with you being 30 games above 500 we don't get to like list all of the patriots like losses along the way that like should have been better now there obviously maybe should have been some wins that were actually or some losses that were wins or whatever but you know it sort of works both ways but it feels like you know when you're doing this correctly it's going to work against you more often than not because you're going to be in a good position late in a game more often than being in a bad position but as i circle back to this game point is is with that game against the Patriots or for the Patriots or against the Patriots, whatever you want to call it, that hurts their playoff position. It helps the chargers position. This is a team that starts, You know, we're starting to get a little engine kind of moving here, right? Dolphins win, Titans win, maybe get a road win against a team that's kind of playing out the schedule here, who's maybe side-eyeing their, you know, fake coach in Jeff Saturday. And then you've got, of course, I think they go to Denver next week, which obviously they should be fired up for, because in theory, all they need here is two wins to clinch the playoffs. This isn't a team that had sort of low expectations. This is a team that had high expectations at the start of the season, right? And so, like, this is it. Chargers. This is it. Win as a favorite by, you know, more than four points. Win convincingly in an atmosphere that is a dome, you know, fast track type atmosphere that you are used to, and then go and get it done against the Broncos next week and get into the playoffs and make it interesting with a potential matchup against honestly, whoever in the AFC, right? Like they can play with any team, especially at full health. Like this is it. So we might end up kicking ourselves for backing the Chargers here and laying points, but the road home thing doesn't really matter. And this is, you know, for lack of a better term, this is it. Like, you know, go get
0: this win. Yeah. comfortably. No, for sure. And a crazy, crazy week of NFL action here. And of course, we have games on Thursday, games on Saturday, games on Sunday and a game on Monday, as mentioned before. And with so much going on and so much time, so many picks, so many things that can change. Where can the people find you online to get the information that they so crave? Listen, just
1: like you man, I'm out fighting a good fight on Twitter at Emrus Authentic. You know, you and I both have to, you know, the 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 heavy is the head that wears the crown, I think is the term. Um, you know, we have to deal with weirdos every once in a while, and the cool thing about like our the people that actually <laughs> follow little, us yeah. is like yeah. they get it. Mm-hmm. And that's why like people, you know, I've said to people before, like they go like you must your DMs must be an absolute tragedy. And I'm like, "No." Actually, the people that listen to this podcast, that read my stuff, that follow me, they want to learn. They want to sort of, you know, commiserate on, you know, and Mm -hmm. celebrate as we've talked about for years, celebrating and commiserating. And like, they're really cool. Every once in a while, you tweet something that a non-follower sees and then they, you know, you have to start defending your own tweets and do weird stuff. And you're like, you know what? Uh, Happy holidays and bye-bye to you. So I just wish everyone who you know, listens to this, follows us, reads our, reads my stuff. Um, You know, happy holidays. Glad you're along with us for this ride every year. And uh, you know, thrilled to have you at MRS authentic on Twitter. And of course the score app
0: set your, set your notifications for betting mode. Right. Um, For me, I feel like everything at this point is going pretty well, feeling okay with where we're at on the pod. Just trying to keep things clicking and you can find me on Twitter trying not to argue with people. But as you said, it doesn't really happen often, but every once in a while, it's just kind of like, did you just read the same words that are actually on your screen right now and understand <laughs> that? Or are you coming at me with something that you think you read? Anyways, you can follow me on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander, please like and subscribe and tell your friends about the pod as the picks continue to be doing okay so far. Looking for a bounce back week this week on the pod. Get back over 500 for the week. Let's make that happen. Tell your friends. And as I always say, you spray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the On Blast Podcast, NFL Picks Edition, part of the On Blast Podcast Network. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time. See ya. Tommy.